everyone, Michael Antonovich of Swap Moto Live here for another installment of the Midweek Podcast presented by Yoshimira R&D. Most of you know who Evan Ferry is by now. The Florida teenager has made a name for himself through wins on the amateur motocross circuit, a booming presence on social media, and well-deserved factory support. But for as much as we've seen Little Red Dog Rip, we've only had a few one-on-one conversations with him, and those have always come during busy times like Loretta's or the Monster Energy Cup. It's been an eventful year for Ferry. A few weeks back, he and Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna Factory Racing, mutually agreed to end their contract, a surprise development that made the rider a free agent during the qualifying process for Loretta's. In the weeks that followed, Ferry bought a YZ250F, lined up for a few local races, did a tryout with Star Racing, and then signed with the NSA Yamaha Factory AM team. The changes provoked plenty of discussions online, with conflicting reports from those in the know about what happened and why. With that, we linked up with Evan to talk about everything, from his earliest MX memories to the path he's currently on. To say that he is a student of the game would be an understatement. Life at the track has allowed him to watch the sports best, study their techniques, learn the motorcycle, and see what it takes to reach the top. During the talk, Evan pointed out that his family has tried to maintain a balance of work and fun, but the feeling that comes with winning is what drives him the most. Thanks as always for listening to the Midweek Podcast. I'm trying to get better at this, so feel free to share comments or recommendations on what you'd like to see or hear. As always, be sure to like and subscribe our YouTube channel, follow us on social media, and visit SwapMotoLive.com. You already know that Yoshimira makes the best exhaust options for Honda motocross and off-road bikes, but did you know they make great power for Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, Husqvarna, and Gas Gas? Yoshimira has been delivering power since 1954 and can make your bike run and sound the best it can. Visit them at yoshimira-rd.com to see how they can make your bike bark. Hey dude, it's good to catch up with you. Good to see you. You know, busy time of year right now. Loretta's qualifiers wrapping up, building for the summer, changes in your program, everything going on. So thanks for making some time to get on the podcast with me today. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. How's everything been? How are these uh, last few weeks as you get ready for what's going to be a very, very important summer for you? Uh, yeah, you know, the last couple of weeks have been really good. i uh, putting in a lot of work, honestly, the past, you know, month. I had a little bit of time off the bike um, after Freestone. But um, after that, uh, you know, getting, getting back healthy and ready to go and um, on a different team now. And everything's starting to kind of come together. And, uh, yeah, I just got done with regionals a couple of weeks ago. And uh, everything went really good there. And then I think I did my area, like, the, not the weekend before, but the weekend before my regional. So like probably around four weeks ago okay. now. What tracks did you go to this year? Uh, this year I went, well, I did an area, uh, the, a pretty funny story. Honestly, the first area that I did, I went, it was like, a, I don't remember if it was a South Central or what it was, but I went to Louisiana and I was still on Husky then. And I actually rode around standing up. I, I had an uh, injury there. That was probably eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago. I don't really know the exact time. Did that, rode around, uh, got in for the uh, regional there. And then uh, we actually decided once um, the we, we parted from Husky, we decided we are like, okay, we're going to go to the A class. So we were going to go like two weekends ago and go to this race or for an area like sorry not man all, all all the weeks it's all yeah all dude it all blurs yeah yeah the the so like three or four weeks ago we were going to go up north or not up north but go up and race a area for the a class well we get halfway up there and we're like man you know that that would really like suck to get to the regional and something you know go wrong maybe a bike malfunction or you know a muddy race and not make it in mm-hmm. and so we're like oh well you know we'll do the b class and we'll have we'll have two regionals just just to be safe well, the last moto finish and some guy comes up to me and we're talking, he goes, oh yeah, so are you going to go to Three Palms or are you going to go to uh, Wildcat Creek? And I'm like, uh, well, you know, I think I'll go to Three Palms first and then go to Wildcat Creek. And he mm-hmm. goes, they're on the same weekend. And I'm like, are you serious? And so I, I pulled my phone immediately. I'm looking and, the, and uh, the, we went there thinking that I, I would have two regionals and yeah. they were on the same weekend. So oh, we went dude. like all the way up there for no reason at all. Dude. But so hey, like, nice we went all the way to, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we went all the way to Kentucky for like no reason, basically. Uh, like, which we found that out right after the race was over. Yeah. So, yeah how do that, you guys, awesome. how do you guys determine, you know, like what ones you go to? Because like, I wasn't a high level amateur kid. My dad had like a 90 mile radius around St. Louis that he'd take me to. And he's like, look, this is your limit. You're about this good. So you're, you're done. 
So for you guys to be, to like figure out like, okay, this is happening this weekend. We can get to this one. Is that a strategy like you and the team develop? Is that you and your dad? Like, how does that come about? Um, you know, I, I don't know how that would work with um, the NSA team. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they would. I, you want to start directing it? Yeah. Right, right. We, ne we never got to that point because I wasn't on the team then. Or I don't even think we were actually talking I mean, oh, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't even know. Honestly, I don't remember. But no, usually I'd sit there with my mom or my dad. And, you know, we I think this is my ninth year maybe at Loretta's. So like this, like just from the years past, we'll take like and make a big chart and figure out how far each one is from the house and figure out which one's the closest, which one's the first, which one's the last. And make sure that you don't get do the same area where you go to that have the same regional on the same weekend you just like gotta make that sure. happen yeah. right right right, right. <laughs> so yeah just so much crazy stuff going on you know we actually sold our house and we're moving and you know every everything was just and then i and then leaving husky every, everything was just so like crazy like and i, I just like I don't know. I guess we brain farted or something. And we showed up right after the race was over. I'm like, Oh my gosh, are you serious? I'll give you guys that one. I didn't know you sold the house too. So the house, like with like the one that uh, had the spare bedroom over the garage and the track in the backyard, you guys don't have that now. Nope. Yeah. So we sold that back in, man, I don't, I don't even know. I think it was like January or February. Mm -hmm. Um, some, or maybe, maybe March. I, I don't know, some, some time frame between then, but you know, we, we were kind of on our way out of that house around kind of January. Okay. Uh, it, yeah. Probably, probably the beginning of January, we were kind of leaving, getting our stuff ready to get out of there. But um, yeah, so we sold our house there with the track and the, the, the house and the garage and everything. So that was like a huge change, you know, kind of in my life and everybody, like my whole family's totally, life. That, yeah. that was, our, that was our home, like for so long. And, you know, at the time I was kind of like, well, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to, you know, be a professional athlete and be a professional motocross racer, I'm like, I kind of got to get used to this. Like, I don't feel like most people stay in one spot. So I'm like, okay, well, I can't let this like affect me too much. Like I need to just, you know, that I need to get used to it, you know, like, okay, I got to move here. I got to go do this. Maybe like say switching teams or, you know, you have to go move somewhere else or something like that. Just trying to kind of like, I guess you could almost say I was trying to get used to it, but uh, it didn't really hit me, honestly, until honestly, really now, like now it's like, man, like I don't have the track. Like I can't just walk out of the house and, you know, go ride. But um, yeah, there's obviously a lot of tracks around here. And then we have a couple private tracks that we have really good buddies with. And um, so it's kind of like kind of the same thing, but not, not really the same thing. Oh no, I feel you. Where, where did you guys move to? Uh, we moved to Wesley Chapel, Florida, which is, like, oh, okay. I mean, honestly, like 10 or 15 minutes south. Uh, I'd say probably, yeah, probably 15 minutes south of where, where we were at originally in Dayton. Okay. I didn't know if this was like a Claremont neighborhood behind you or something like that. No, that's, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, dude, I'll, but hey, that's a very smart outlook uh, because this is something that I've noticed forever. You guys are going to move around so much. Like if you would be on a team, they're going to have you move to California and they might move back to the East Coast or you might want a training program somewhere else. Dude, you might be in an apartment for like 16 months that you're never staying. There's so many dudes that right. I know that have moved stuff to Florida and then they get hurt training and then they never even get to stand in, in the house that they bought or whatever, the apartment that they rented. So cool of right. you to know that like right away. I mean, you could tell the photos behind me over my shoulder at my, my dad's house, like the house we grew up in because I moved back home. But even then to move out of that house and then like, no, like, dude, I got to go out and be like an adult now in my own places is a big deal. So yeah, cool of you to realize like, Hey, I got to make this change if I get into adulthood. Cause like you're what 17, 18 right now, 17 years old. Yeah. yeah. So you would be like graduating and going to college pretty soon too. Yep. Yeah. I actually graduated, uh, two nights ago. So oh, hell yeah, good job, uh, dude. Yep. Thank you. Do you get to walk? Uh, I'll get to walk at Loretta's. Um, they do the on track ceremony there at Loretta's. Okay, and, cool. Uh, you know, that's a really cool experience too. You know, it's a, it, obviously a little bit different than say going and walking at a normal school, but I, I think, I think it's just as cool. And, you know, getting to go watch that last year, I'm like, man, okay, cool. I get to do this next year. You know, yeah. everybody's over there watching and it's, it's kind of really the same thing, but you kind of get to do it in front of like the Moto family, which is, which makes it even cooler. The people you spend all that time around anyway. Right. It's cool. Right. I heard Mrs. Lee does a great job with that. I hear so many good things yeah. about that, that deal. So that's cool to see yeah. another product of it coming out right now. Yeah. The whole, the whole on track family is really cool. Andrea is really awesome. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they do, they do a lot to help us out. And, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's super cool. Dude, you're fully like intertwined in this whole deal. Like you are a, a factory racer kid. It's funny. You know, like you, you have all the details of it. So getting into this stuff, because like I said, I've seen you around forever and we've talked a little bit, but like, I just don't know Evan all that much. And this is stuff that, I mean, over the next part of your career is probably going to get asked you a million times. So I might as well just get it out of the way now. So uh, like what generation of it, of racing was it that made you want to start riding like you are, you know, what, what group inspired you guys? Was it, I, I think, um, if I'm going to be honest, I think the James Stewart, the, my dad, Ricky Carmichael, Chad Reed, like that, that was the era that I kind of grew up around. And it was always super cool because I grew up like, you know, a, a lot of people like, and I, I, this could come off kind of weird, but like, mm -hmm. I don't nor normally get like starstruck by like people, like the, any of the big racers or anything like that. I know some people get like, you know, really big fan. Like I'm, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the sport. I'm a big fan yeah. of every races, but normally people would be like, Holy crap, that's James Stewart. Like, Oh, like, like, and which I, I obviously, when James actually showed up at my house, um, last year, I think during like Supercross, uh, when he was helping out chase and I, I definitely, I definitely fanboyed a little bit. I was like, Holy crap. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I kind of grew up around him. I grew up around Chad and like, not, not a lot of Ricky, I don't think, but you know, I was, I was pretty young at the time, but I grew up like in the semi, like living in the semi. Mm -hmm. So like when I got on the rockstar Husky team and, that all kind of came about like it it kind of felt like normal in yeah. a way like it, it didn't feel like um anything too out of the out of the out of out of the normal honestly like you know I when I went to say monster cup was my first race um I know people like wanted to like kind of like mic me up like for the day and like do do a bunch of like media and like and, and scuba was like man I I, I don't know I, I you know I, I don't know how he is like I don't I don't want him to you know, have any pressure or anything like that, like having too much on him. And I was like, I almost was like, no, like I, I, I like, I want to do it. I, I want to do all of it. And like, honestly, everything felt like normal. Everything felt um, like where, where I needed to be and like where, what everything should have felt like. Dude, okay. So I'll tell you one thing, you just kind of threw three questions that I had written down out the window. Cause I didn't know you knew so much <laughs> of that stuff about your dad. Like I had no idea that you were so aware of that you know because there's so many little kids that see it and they're just like oh yeah that's cool but they don't know all the stuff that's going on so yeah that's awesome to know that especially in like one of the prime eras of the sport you got to see it you know all these people because you know that was a question I had for you who was it that you saw that you're just like whoa that that's such and such I can't believe that they're just hanging around my dad but yeah like you said James came to the house last year dude I saw James last year when he was training with Chase at the house and I was like holy shit that's James I can't even believe that yeah. so yeah, I feel I you feel on like, that I feel like that's that's mostly everybody's kind of uh, reaction to it I guess you'd say well plus because okay. he was kind of he was you know everybody was trying to find James for a while totally know? totally yeah and when he just came walking out he came walking out and then he had a sucker as he stood on the track and watched Chase do motos on the supercross track I'm like this is the coolest thing like there's James right. he's right there yeah, yeah. Okay. So when you, uh, when you really did start paying attention to the sport, did you pay more attention to the pro guys that you obviously knew and saw all of that stuff? Or did you want to pay attention to like the amateur kids who would have been like what age you are now? You know, honestly, like I think in the beginning, I didn't, I, I'm not saying I didn't take it super seriously, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't like how serious I take it now, I guess you could say, which obviously now I take it like it's, it's 24 it's job. Yeah. The job now, but back when I was little, I mean, I don't know how little you're really trying to kind of get to, but like say six, seven, eight, like even nine, like I, like I didn't really honestly fully grasp the whole thing, I guess you could say, but just sitting there listening to my dad every night and like this and that, like, blah, blah, blah. Like I can, I, I watched the amateur stuff so much, like, and uh, like the kids that I was racing, racing against, like, you know, and I was never the in the 65, even 85, like I was never the jet Reynolds or the, the rider D like, I, like those kids were just winning everything. Like I was always like, you know, the third place guy, fourth place guy watching them. And, uh, you know, that, that's kind of how it was for me. And, you know, obviously I watched the races every weekend, the pro races. And I grew up around, you know, say Hayden Melross, Mart Martin Davalos, like there, like there was a bunch of guys that I grew up around like Julie Swole, um, that my dad trained. So I guess you could say, I honestly kind of watched both. I, I wouldn't say that I watched the amateur more than I did the pro, but I definitely like, 
I've had this weird thing, you know, ever since I was little, like studying and watching something like and trying to like almost mimic it in a way. Mm -hmm. I think the best thing that ever really happened was getting to watch Martine and like those guys ride. And even my dad, when I was super little, like if you go back, it's, it was pretty funny. Uh, I don't remember who, who sent us the photo, but there was a photo of my dad in the whoops. And then we took a picture of me in the whoops and like, it's the exact same like form. Like it's ridiculous. Like I'll actually, I'll see if I can find the picture later, but they're like little things like that. I always watched and like studied on how people like would do the certain things. And that I, so yeah, I don't, that was kind of more what I looked at. I looked at, I don't think that I really looked at the amateur or the pro too much, like either one too much. Okay. No, dude. And that's kind of what I was hoping for just because you had so many guys, like you even mentioned coming in and out of the house and riding at the track all the time. Trey's there at one point in time. Aiden's there. Uh, Yeah. Always around. Yeah. And Trey, like, I mean, that had to be the guy to be around at a certain point in time when he's factory Honda doing all that stuff, 2008 supercross, like lights (laughs) champion, like being the dude. So yeah, like knowing how many guys that you're just connected to and how you would see it, you have such a different approach to it, you know, because I think of guys that are like wannabe riders and super fans and stuff, and they read all the magazines and they look at all the websites. You probably looked at that stuff, but you're like, yeah, what do I need to look at this for? Because I know exactly what's happening from these right. guys right here. I, yeah, I don't, I don't really honestly look at the magazines too much or like, I, I, I like, I'll see this stuff on Instagram and I'll just yeah. kind of scroll through it. But like, I don't, I'm not super, like, I, I don't do the fantasy. Like I, I haven't even really got into that yet. I think with everything going on, you know, between racing and doing school and like every, everything that I needed, needed to do during the week and during the days, like I never really honestly had the time to do yeah. or look at and or sit there and read any of it. But now that, you know, I'm graduated from school, you know, may, maybe now getting into some stuff like that, you know, maybe looking farther into say the say the pro scene or like what uh like like it's it's honestly really hard to explain i don't i I don't really know like everybody will like ask me these questions and they'll be like hey like you know did you hear this did you hear that did you hear this and i'm like not really like i i I saw something on instagram but like that was really it like i'm so you know i i don't i just look at the technique i look at the technique the way the riders hit the whoops why why this person hits the whoops faster why this person hits the turns faster like where, where their body positioning is like, that's, that's more of what I look at when I'm watching the races and like how they control the races and all that. Like that's, that's more of the stuff that I feel like I kind of look at during the races and what's going on. Oh no, dude, totally. And that's more important for you than getting caught up in like the gossip and all that stuff, because that's, what's going to make you a better writer. Like you need to be aware of certain things, but do you to make you a better writer for sure. Right. Um, so this is like, pretty interesting because to know all these things and how aware you are was there ever any like hold up from your family of hey Evan we really don't want you to do this like we've seen all the stuff that can go good and bad with your dad did they want you to be a racer like did they have you in a little mini setup right away or was it like hey dude let's go do anything else we'll go do anything else in Dade City that you want to do other right. than auto? well it was funny so like I this is honestly an awesome topic to really talk about like when I started riding I was doing tennis, gymnastics, uh, swimming, like I soccer, like there, I was doing every other sport mm-hmm. and motocross. And we went to this uh, Italian restaurant when I was probably, I, I don't remember exactly what age I was. I was probably around five or six, maybe a little bit older, but they were like, Hey man, you, you know, you, you can't do all of these, you know, you're going to have to pick one. And I'm like, you know, you give, you know, you give the kid the football or the soccer ball, or you mm-hmm. give the kid the dirt bike. They're always going to pick the, I mean, most kids are going to pick the dirt bike and I'm like, yeah. the dirt bike, obviously. So that's how that kind of went. Um, yeah. What, what was, what was your exact question again? So yeah, I no, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Like, did they not want you to ride? You know I mean? Obviously they oh, didn't let right, you try right, right. it, so they, but I mean, like your dad had done so much stuff and with his dad and seeing all the stuff that went through it, was your dad like, Oh God, we got to do this again. Or was he like, Hey dude, let's, sure. let's do I mean, this. That, yeah. That obviously went through his head, but yeah, I, I like they, the, if I, if I came to him right now and was like, Hey, look, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it anymore. I don't want to do it. Like mm-hmm. they would be like, okay, cool. What, you know, what are we going to go do now? Like they, and they never forced me to ride. They never like really like, I mean, obviously it would be cool to see your kid ride and, you know, they yeah. would want to ride, but that if I, if I didn't want to do it and that's not what I wanted to do, then they wouldn't, they wouldn't care. They would be like, okay, what, you know, what are we going to go do and be really good at? 
other than motocross. Right. So, yeah. And it was never, uh, you know, honestly, I rode like stock bikes all the way through my like mini career. Like I think I raced Loretta's in the 65, like 10 to 11 class on like a stock bike, like, and everything, like, like we never, uh, we never put like too much like into it. And like, just, cause I mean, I feel like if you, if you're at that age and like, because you really don't fully grasp everything when you're, you know, six, seven, eight, it's like yeah, six totally. years old, even 12, like, and you know, I, the, he obviously was smart enough to not burn me out too, where a lot of the, you know, many parents now that they, they, you know, the kids get burnt out a lot quicker, you know, they, they're at training facilities, they're riding, eating, sleeping moto every day. And, you know, at some point when you're that little, that, that could definitely be tiring and, you know, you get burnt out from that, but yeah, they, they never really wanted that. I mean, they obviously would want me to race, but that's, uh, th- that's kind of how they felt. Like if I wanted to go do something else, then they would be fully supportive of it. Yeah. That's kind of another thing that like I figured, because even when I see them at the races, like at Loretta's last year, when you're winning titles, dude, the whole family's there. Like the whole family's coming and camping out for the week. Like everybody is about your program, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like, Oh my gosh, here's like the golden child that has to be this moto racer because like it's this fulfilling dynasty. Like it just seems like this is what everyone wants to do. We're going to have fun at doing it. Let's all go back to the ranch for another week. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like whatever, whatever I really want to do is what they want to do. Yeah. If that makes- so yeah totally and it's cool how much everybody's still around like it's got to be fun for you to know like hey my whole family can get into this and this is going to bring us all together yeah and I I think it's honestly a huge advantage for me you know having my dad and even you know honestly even my mom's dad my mom my mom's dad and obviously my dad's dad they Mm -hmm. my uncle actually raced and he I think he even did a pro race and so my 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 mom's dad was into it and so was my dad's dad. Obviously, he he was the one that you know had him, and he's and he went racing and did mm-hmm. all what he did. So like having all of that knowledge that you know th- they're bouncing off of me since I was you know six or seven years old. The the stuff that my dad like you know the knowledge that he built over eighteen years of racing like pro. So that like that is like a huge b- biggest advantage for me. I feel like. Um, and being able to, you know, sit at the dinner table every night and have somebody that's already done it. And like, you're like, Hey, so like, okay, what, what do I need to do now? Or, you know, what do I need to do better? And the stuff, the stories, the, the, just everything that he's ever done, like that's the biggest advantage for me because it's almost not shortcutting me in a way, but like, it's like, okay, he did this wrong. We're not going to do that obviously. So like, there every you know that that is my biggest advantage i feel like out of out of everything really is my dad's knowledge my grandpa's now knowledge and all of that that's it's huge yeah and i mean that's pretty obvious you know i think that's all what we would all hope for and also though how you're going to apply that rather than being like well i'm going through this right now and i know better so i'm not going to listen to them like you know that they know what's going on right yeah mo- i mean most kids obviously you know their dad you know i just i see it a lot i see yeah. it a lot racing where you know the, the kids they don't they don't want to listen to their dad they're like they're like no you don't know what you're talking about like i'm not gonna listen to you mm-hmm. right and like it's funny because i there's a couple 85 kids uh dads that like i actually for a little bit actually trained like a couple 85 and 65 kids oh really and yeah so i did that for almost i think honestly almost two years and uh that it, it was funny the parents would come to me and be like hey I know he needs to, I know he needs to do this. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like I, like I understand too. And they're like, can you talk to him and tell him like for me basically, because yeah. like they, they don't want to listen to their dad where I'm like the complete opposite. You know, it's like, okay, if my dad says this and like, you know, every once in a while he'll say something not, you know, I'll have to think about it and be like, man, okay, is that right? But you know, I, I'll second guess him a couple of times and then I'll, I'll mess with him about it. But he usually, he usually knows about 99% of the time what, you know, what I'm doing wrong or some, something going on like that for yeah. sure. I, I definitely, I definitely listen to him and all of their knowledge because I feel like that, that's that I'm, I'm like, you could have a kid that won't use that advantage where I'll, I'll, I'll use that advantage all day long, every day. Mm-hmm. You know, as you said, like the doing the work thing, there's so many guys that just want to coast. Like I I can be fast on the bike and I don't need to do this part. And especially as a kid, you never think of how important gym work is. Like I can think of me being a teenager in gym and just like coasting through it, not doing anything. 
Is there something now as a training guy, like that, you know, Hey, this is going to make me really, really good. And I really enjoy this activity now. Is there something about the, the off bike program that you've really found out is, is fun for you? Yeah, honestly, I, I really excel. I feel like in the, in the gym aspect, like, um, I'm pretty good on the bicycle, but the, the gym aspect I I've gotten pretty good with, um, we've had a, had a physical train, like a, uh, a trainer and stuff for the past, like four years. I think now I've been doing it kind of probably a year or two before actually like a year before I got on Husky. So I, I had like a year of like in the gym and on the bike and then I got on Husky and then I, you know, have kept steady with him all the way, all the way through. Mm-hmm. And that has made a huge difference for sure. Okay. So then you'd be a good one to ask this. I see so many of you guys that have been these little prodigies and these like young dudes that go through these growth spurts as you're built up and built up. How was that for you to go through that? Because, you know, you're not fully maxed out on your height and your weight and all that stuff yet, but you see your body changing. Is that weird to go through all of that at once? Uh, it definitely is. You know, you sit there and you look in the mirror and you're like, what's going on here? But like, no, um, you know what? being able to listen like to your body and what, what is going on and understand like what your body is doing and what your body is going through is like the hugest part. I feel like, you know, you got, you got to make sure you wake up, you know, you take your weight and your resting heart rate, making sure everything that making sure you're not running your body down too much and, you know, making sure that you're eating enough, make sure you're drinking enough and like watching your body kind of, for me, what, what would happen was I would get, kind of I would get a little bit taller and I would get super skinny mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I start get real chubby I'd start getting kind of chubby like yeah, yeah. okay not really chubby but like I, you I see would, your I would face start, and all that stuff yeah, yeah yeah you could see my face start to kind of like like get a little bit like like chubby and then everything else and then I'd kind of shoot up and then I'd mm-hmm. grow again and then it would kind of do this thing where you know I get a little bit chubby then grow a little bit mm-hmm. chubby then grow so like but being able to kind of watch like and calculate your weight and everything between there and like all, all, all of the technical aspects. Um, I feel like learning everything through there and like kind of what, you know, the knowledge between my mom and my dad have of him doing it and, you know, his trainers that he had and this and that blah, 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 like getting, making sure that I am on top of everything that I'm doing too is like a huge, you know, advantage for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with all that said and done, what is it about racing right now that is so fun to you? You know, is it the chance to go, especially at some of these big amateur nationals, is it the week spent around all your friends? Is it the competitive element to show everybody how good you are and the work that you've been putting in? Is it how fun it is to do those motos? Like, what is it about these weeks that you look forward to so much right now? Um, winning. Okay. That's Straight like up. that. Yeah. Like that's, that's the, that's the most, like, that's just the mo- most like blunt, like, way you could say it is just winning that's like the that's what you do it for obviously mm-hmm. i mean or that or that's what i do it for at least and that that's what i find the most fun obviously i have fun you know going and hang out with my buddies say the people that i train with or at the races you know hanging out hanging out riding golf carts you know being kind of dumb sometimes like that's all, always obviously fun but that's not really what you're there for you're there to yeah. win that's that that's that's what i find the most enjoyable is like winning and then honestly the the most enjoyable part is say if you don't win and then you know you put in that work and you put in everything that you need to be doing and you come back at the next race and you win that's the best feeling i feel like that there is really that's good dude that's i like that um with that with that being said then the pressure that you could put on yourself or have others put on you how do you manage that as a 17 year old kid oh man uh I don't know. I feel like there, you know, that you, you, you got to have fun with it too. Like, mm-hmm. and you got to have fun with life. Like, you know, go out, eat ice cream every once in a while. Like, you know, you can't eat. I mean, you can obviously not have fun with it and just, you know, it, you, I feel like when you're having fun with everything you're doing, everything's just going to work out even better. Like you're going to have that positive mindset. Like, like every, when you go to the races, you, you know, you're ready, like, and, and you know, you've put in the work and I, I, I don't know. I just think that that's like the, that's the biggest part really. All right. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come back with more with Evan Ferry. It's been fun to talk one-on-one with people like Carrie Hart, Dave Prater, Andrew Baccarosa, Jeff Crutcher, Bruce Sternstrom, and Mike Genova about whatever I want. And that's thanks to everyone at Yoshimira R&D for supporting this feature. Check out Yoshimira's website and social media accounts for more great content.
All right, thanks for sitting through that commercial. We're back here with Evan. This is the meat of the interview, I think, for a lot of people because we're going to talk about the stuff that's gone on in these last few months. You know, you leaving Rockstar Energy Husqvarna, joining the NSA Yamaha team, getting ready for the summer ahead. Um, you know, it's no secret that in the last two years, we've seen a lot of changes at Husky within the management. Some people that you worked with that were there are no longer there. And uh, from everybody that I've been talking to, this was a mutual decision for you guys to part ways a couple of weeks ago. Um, from your side of things, what was it that led to you guys stopping what you had been working on and then going this new route? Um, I get, I, you know, obviously I, I, it's a super complicated situation, totally. but um, I, I just did, I, I didn't feel like I was progressing and uh, I just didn't, didn't feel like I could go where I, where I needed to go at the time, say in the amateur ranks or, you know, right, right now I did, I, I didn't feel like I could do what I needed to do now. But, you know, we left on really good terms and, um, you know, with Roger and Ian and the whole Husky guys and everything. And, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm welcome back. Um, you know, we left on really good terms. So like, and I, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't go back. Um, you know, if, if the, you know, if it fits me and it fits like what I, what I'm doing at the, at the time and, or what, or, or what I need to do, then I, I would have no problem going back. Like, you know, I love all those guys. So that, um, just didn't have what I needed right now at this time. Yeah, totally. And and I've talked to guys that are over there at that team and they've said the same things. You know, this is something like none of us were really um, pumped to see it go this way, but we understand why things are going this way. And we hope that in the future we get to work with Evan again and the whole family because they had such a good time with you guys. But like, yeah, it was a fully mutual decision and it doesn't seem like there's any hard feelings anywhere. Yeah, no, I, I really don't think that there's any hard feelings. Yeah. Obviously not, not from our side, so. Um, yeah, it, I, you know, we came, I, I came to him and I, and I said that, you know, I wanted to part ways and, you know, Roger, Roger, uh, you know, he, he agreed and so did Ramsey and they, and they let me go on my way. So that was a, that, that was a really, honestly, a really cool situation. It could have obviously not went good. I mean, mm -hmm. you, I don't feel like I've ever really seen anybody kind of do what I, what I did. Um, but yeah, that it, I'm super happy that we, you know, we kind of left, you know, we left on good and happy terms. So did it feel weird to uh, make that big of a decision right now? Like facing everything that you guys are facing, knowing what's going on, the, the spotlight that's on you. And then to go have to have that, just that conversation with like the man was how nerve wracking is that? Uh, you know, I, I honestly, it was, it, it was very nerve wracking. You know, I, I understand just, you know, obviously because, of my dad and you know he we obviously had a lot a lot of long talks about it and he i mean it could have been like career suicide like like I, I don't i don't know yet obviously you know i'm still i'm still here kicking and riding so and uh but you know it, it obviously was a huge decision and you know it was definitely nerve-wracking but and, and i and i understood and i understood the risk of it but i also understand like the reward that could also come with it too so um, you know, I just felt like needed that, needed that change for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Making that decision then, um, a couple days later, you know, the news comes out and then you pop up at a track with a YZ with your little logo over the side of it. So how did you guys decide to buy a, you know, a blue bike and then go the route that you did for that little bit? Um, I, I don't really know. Um, we actually, we, we, we went out and bought a Cowie and a Yamaha okay. and and I rode both bikes and honestly, both bikes are awesome. They're, they were super awesome. I, I just feel like there was maybe more of an opportunity, say at star or NSA, or so, I feel like there was maybe a little bit more of opportunity there. And I really liked the Yamaha and, mm -hmm. um, I honestly really, I, I really did like the handling and the everything to do with the Cowie too. I just felt like that, that was probably the, the best route for me to go at the time. That's kind of what I came to the, to the, to the decision too, I guess you could say that that's kind of how that all went. Yeah. Uh, after riding Husky stuff for so long, you know, steel frame, electric start, the way that bike is, and then you ride that Yamaha that's, you know, backwards engine and, and so many things that are different about it. How, how weird is that for you? Because you probably hadn't ridden anything but a white bike in so, so long. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely obviously a lot different. Um, I don't even think I changed the handlebars. I just rode at stock handlebars. Everything. So um, it was definitely obviously a lot different going from, you know, basically a factory bike to a stock bike. It was, de it was definitely a lot different. Um, but honestly, I, I feel like I adapted to it pretty quickly. Um, you know, I wasn't, I, 
I didn't feel like uh, maybe right off the bat, I was super good on the jumps or, you know, the whips or anything, the super, the, the stuff that you got, you know, you got to have a Everybody lot knows of you for. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, um, but you know, the feeling on the bike and everything like was good. Like the rate, like I, like I could charge and do like some really fast laps, but like, maybe like there was some parts where I like didn't know what the bike was going to do for a little mm -hmm. bit, but then honestly, all, all of it kind of came to me pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, it was obviously a lot different, you know, the engine braking is different, the way that the bike handles is different, you know, the races of the bike, the, the, the way the bike handles, you know, the, the way that the wheels stay on the ground and in different spots where they're not, not on the ground at the same, in the same spots. There, there's a lot of stuff that's way different about those bikes, but um, honestly, I adapted to it pretty quickly. Dude, as a tech guy, that's like so interested in the technique and the mechanics of this. Has this been fun to relearn all of that stuff and to apply the knowledge that you have from other places and to see how it applies to this new bike? Yeah, it honestly, it, it is. It is. It's really cool because there is a lot more weight on the front of the Yamaha. And mm -hmm. I've noticed I've always been a rider that rides, you know, with, you know, elbows up, right? The, mm -hmm. the, the joke or whatever. So that, you know, trying to keep my elbows up and riding over the front of the bike where I, almost on the Yamaha, I can actually feel like I can sit up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, the front of the bike, it feels a little bit heavier to me. And it feels like the front end maybe grabs a little bit differently. Like, so I can almost sit up in a different way and still churn just as good mm -hmm. and it, it, it almost maybe in a more relaxed position like i can ride almost in a more of a relaxed yeah. position so now you see how ferrandis is setting up like that yeah and uh, you know it's funny the the handlebars too that he mm -hmm. runs are the, straight the, after, yeah he yeah. runs like uh like like an fmx bar then mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure um yeah. yeah that that's super cool to see too like you know some different technique different style and everything that's that's super cool to look at for sure okay so then going into this because you know everybody knows the decision being made to go to nsa everybody saw that there was a ride with star can you break down how this thing happened because there's so many people that have so many of their own little conspiracies or they heard such and such on social media their buddy at the dealership how did you guys going from buying a yamaha to the current position you're in play out um, I guess you could say we went and bought a Yamaha and, um, you know, I got, you know, me and Bobby Reagan got in contact and, um, it's kind of from there, it honestly was, it was, it was pretty quick. Um, I think that like, honestly, we talked and then like a week later, a week or two, week or two later, I was at, I was at star and I rode for a couple of days and uh, everything honestly went really good. And, um, you know, Swanee and Bobby and everybody seemed super happy. And, um, you know, I rode supercross for a day and I rode outdoors for a day up there. And they were, they were pretty impressed. I feel like with the, that, which is what they, they, they said, they said that they were super impressed with the supercross um, part of everything, obviously the outdoor too, but the, the, the supercross especially. And um, yeah, I mean, everything honestly went really good. Um, and then they, they wanted me to come back, um, which I think the first time that they wanted me to come back, I had to go to an area for mm -hmm. Lorez. And then the, the next time um, was, I think right after, and, um, I told Bobby, I said, I, you know, I, 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 I do want to come back. I said, but I, I need something for Loretta's. Like I need, I, I need something for Loretta's. And, you know, if, if there was something maybe a little bit more concrete, I'll come back and I'll sign it like that, like that, like there, there's no doubt like there, like, and, mm -hmm. uh, he, then, you know, we're, we're sitting there and we're like, man, okay. Like just, if they're not if they're not going to sign or anything like that so we we talked to obviously danny lewis and the nsa yamaha team and they're like 100 and donnie and donnie lewis and they're they're like yep we'll, we'll we'll get you a bike and we'll get everything figured out for regional and we're like okay cool and um they they, they just had that they were like yep right now like okay show up ride the bike if you like the bike then we'll, we'll do something and we'll go and we'll go to Loretta's on the bike. And, um, that, that's kind of how that really went. And that, that's really kind of the end of the story, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, and seeing how all that went, um, little by little, once you announce like you're going on to that team and then you you're on the bike and then you have the gear and you have everything going on, just the rollout of these last few weeks has been cool to see you guys embracing all this stuff. Um, interesting to do it in your own ways too because that's a, a whole other part of your packages. You guys have controlled the branding around Evident, done a very good job to where people know, like, just go straight to Evan if you want to know what's going on. Right. Yeah. And I mean, a lot, obviously like I like to shake stuff up on the Instagram mm -hmm. a little bit. And, um, that, that, that was, uh, 
uh, obviously a lot of people like some of the stuff they were coming up with i don't know i don't know where they were hearing it where they were coming up with it but um yeah yeah i mean that, that that's the, i guess you could say that's your answer everything went everything went good i just i needed something for loretta's like i needed something like now like for regionals and everything and um the nsa team had that and their bike's awesome and i and i you know i like i like what they have going on there okay you mentioned earlier so bad of me for not following it up then uh, for the summer, are you A class or B class then? Uh, I'm B. I'm B class for Loretta's okay. uh, uh, okay. schoolboy 250B. Okay, cool, cool. Um, with that, you know, like looking at these expectations and at this class and everything, is this the B class thing right now? It's unbelievable how competitive that is because when I go to the ranch, like that's almost more competitive than the A classes some years. Yeah, um, honestly, I think the B and the A is the they're they're honestly there isn't much of a difference. Yeah. Like, Fast as if, laps come from if, B sometimes, if, dude. If, if anything, the the B class might even have more faster guys. Mm -hmm. Like like the uh, like the drop off might like what I mean drop off. I mean like the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth is like dang near factory guys. Like, yeah. and they're all fast. Every single one of them could win a race. Like that. Like like one could pull the whole shot and win that race, and then the next one they could get like fourth off the whole shot and get like fifth like you like mm -hmm. you, you like you don't really know like it's almost like just who who gets the best starts and who has the most consistent week where in the a class you got like you got one two three four five and then like you obviously have which i'm super excited to see you got michael lessie you got mm -hmm. there's a there's a there's a russian guy too and there, there's some there's some actually older guys coming back into the 450 pro sport mm -hmm. so that'll be super cool to see um, I've been super excited to, you know, see how that all goes, but there, there's a, it's a different, um, it's, it's hard to explain, right. But I feel like it's just a different, not a different pace, but just all eight uh, or seven of those guys or however many there are in the B class, they're all balls of the wall, wide open as fast as they can go. Like, mm -hmm. no, like, like, like they're doing whatever it takes to win where I feel like maybe almost in the a class that they're like that they're obviously like that the top three four five yeah. but the other the, the, i feel like it fizzles out a little bit differently than it say it would fizzle out in the b class yeah and i think too when you look at the a class like you said there's a handful of those guys that have um factory support or some high level support and then there's other guys that are doing it within their family support or way different and that are older uh the b class is the young kids that are just chomping at the bit just dying to get that yeah. factory attention totally yeah we're all a little bit crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that kind of leads me into this thing what is the state of the amateur like scene right now you know because i've come to the races a few times and i know you guys are not afraid to run it in on each other like i've seen dive bomb passes i've seen takeouts i've seen really good close racing but i've also seen that you guys are and your families are are fairly friendly it's not like the gnarliness that we heard about back in the early 2000s like what is it like though as a guy that's involved in it huh i that's actually a really good question. I feel like on the track, I feel like it depends on who the rider you're, mm -hmm. you're going up against. Um, I feel like I, you know, I respect everybody else on the track. Like, I feel like as they would respect me, like, I feel like, I feel like that that's how it really should be. Like it's, sh it should be 50, 50. Like you shouldn't just, okay, I hate this guy. I'm going to go clean him out. Him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't think it should ever be like that. And I think that we, we all respect each other enough. And, but at the same time, if you threw us all out on a super crossy kind of track, maybe that would all change a little bit because when you're on the outdoor track now, like the way that the tracks are like kind of prepped and everything, there's so many ruts in the track that you almost can't really like take people out. Like yeah. you, you can't, you can't honestly almost get aggressive. Like there, like there's no way to like, cause you guys are not like separated enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're like slot cars. Like you're like, yeah. you're, you're stuck in that rut. Like, and you can't like, I mean, obviously you could hop the rut and like hit them like this, but mm -hmm. that, would be, that would just be dumb. Like, I don't know yeah. that, but um, yeah, for sure. I, and I feel like somewhat off the track, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, some of us are, all of us are mostly cool, but honestly, we, we all usually stay like somewhat like in our own little yeah. bubble. Yeah. We all usually stay to ourselves. There's obviously, you know, our, our, my, I feel like my family is super cool. And there, there's a lot of other really cool families in the, in the motocross industry right now. And, you know, that say they're all really cool, but there's definitely some that aren't, you know, as friendly, I guess you could say, but yeah, um, yeah I feel like for the most part, everybody, 
every everybody's somewhat you know you hey like hey good job like mm-hmm. like all that like like everything's usually pretty good yeah and you know in the couple years that i've been going to stuff and and how much i pay attention to it i don't hear the craziness stories that i used to hear back in the day you know but like you said there's enough people from around that it's like hey not everybody's going to get along and everybody's going to have their own thing going on so you're not going to have like just a whole row of best friends at the rv line but like it doesn't seem to be as crazy, but I know that there are like tension, trust me, because I've oh, been around no, a couple of yeah, times. Yeah. And I've been like, yo, okay. Yeah, there, there's some crazy stuff that goes on. I mean, maybe, maybe not as bad as like two, the 2000, like back yeah, yeah. thousands, like, like I've heard some of those stories there. Some of those stories are really crazy, but honestly, I think, I think that there's a lot of the crazy stories that maybe, maybe we just don't hear about, but I, I, you guys I do a good job keeping them under wraps. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Cause there's, there's definitely some, there's some, def, there's definitely some crazy ones for sure. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So then going into this right now, you know, as a guy that, that pays attention to so much of the sport, is there something about the pro racing side, even on the track prep that you're looking at where you're like, man, I can't wait to get to that. I can't wait to follow the schedule. I can't wait to go to these places. I can't wait to try these things know their track preps the same way like what is it about the next five years that you're really looking forward to um i'm almost looking forward to like the uh i guess you can almost say the mental games like the 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 way that you know cooper webb and some of those guys like obviously him he like mentally like messes with everybody else on the track like everybody Mm -hmm. knows that Cooper Webb can come out and he can smoke you in that next moto. Like you never, you never know. Like, I think a lot of that and like, just, um, I, I think I, I like the longer motos. Um, I think it gives, it, it gives the the fitness and the, and the time like to, to, you know, okay, m- maybe not get this guy, this lap, you know, maybe I'll get him the next lap, like having a little extra time there too. And I think that, you know, with the tracks being super rough and everything, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm honestly just looking for I'm looking forward to the mind games and I'm looking forward to the to the the racing and the just the, the longer motos and ha- having a like a super like like schedule too like the way that the schedule is like you race this weekend this weekend this weekend this weekend and mm-hmm. it's all the same like the way that that the way everything is now like obviously that's kind of how it is a little bit but you know, like I could, I could go race this weekend if I want to, or not go race this weekend where like, when you're in the pros, you know, you race this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, Mm -hmm. where I can't wait for that. That's like awesome to me. Like, you know, you're on that set schedule the whole time. And, uh, that, 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 that's what I look forward to, you know, the mind games, the schedule, the longer motos, that, that kind of part of it. Okay. When you watch that, then is there anybody that you're watching as a current racer now? And you're like, okay, noted. Like, I know what you're going to do to me and I'm not going to let you play that game to me later. Um, I mean, you're not going to say it, but if you thought about that, like, Oh, okay. Hey, like this guy does this. So I can't fall victim to this. If he ever well, like, I gives mean, me that like, chance. Like, I don't like, I don't think that you should leave the inside door open on like yeah. say Marsh, one of the guys like, no, Marsh, yeah. like that for sure. But, um, like, yeah, definitely, definitely learning your, um, your competition, your, your competition before you even get there. Yeah. Um, like you, like, uh, say, say how jet was this weekend, like, uh, kitchen got out front and, you know, he gave it everything he had and jets like, you know, it, it, he even talked about it and he's like, he's like, you know, I, I tried to go after him and he kind of started going faster and he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, okay, I, you know, you have it. Like th- this is your moto. Like I'm going to get second. And sure enough, the next moto jet got second again, and then kitchen didn't do quite as good. So like Mm -hmm. that part is really cool too. I feel like he, he, uh, like, like learning who, who those guys are and how to break like certain guys like, Mm -hmm. like that. Um, and just having like the, the experience too, I'm really excited to race that many times in a year. And those kind of long motos and gaining all of the experience to be able to do something kind of how Jet did this weekend where he, you know, he was like, okay, wait, hold up. This, this isn't, this isn't my moto. Mm-hmm. And then the next moto, he's like, okay, this is my moto. Like, and then did what he did that moto. Like, I think, I think that part is awesome. And like being able to hopefully do that someday too would be awesome. Yeah. Dude, I, I really like how you approach this. Cause I was talking to my wife the other day and, um, everybody's a race fan in a different way and everybody knows different things, but to hear how on it 
certain guys are of knowing the competitive side of it and the way that they have to manage these things because certain people just see the gate drop and then the checkered flag and they just think it's chaos for 35 minutes between them but it's like no dude there's a lot of structure and a no, lot of yeah. strategy and planning and all these things that go into it yeah obviously the pace and everything is super high and everybody's going so fast and it and it's honestly probably even more wild than it even looks mm -hmm. but at the same time, you got some of those guys that are just so good and they have so much experience and like everything cut, comes at them almost so like slow that they can think about it. Mm -hmm. Like that part is so cool to, to, to think that there there's guys like say jet or Hunter that, that, that are like, okay, wait, hold up. No, I don't have to beat him. Like I, like th that's his moto or, you know, okay, no, I need to pass this guy. I'll do whatever I need to do to pass this guy. Or like the, those parts are just that that's awesome to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, I, I think so too. And, and seeing how each guy develops and takes it on or learns something or whatever, you can tell what guy is implementing what part of his like routine at any given point in the race. Totally. Yeah. And I look at too, like the, the, the style and the technique of like, say Jed or Hunter, like that, that's, that's, that's what I strive to like, look like mm -hmm. is like that, that effortless, like look like the 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 smooth the effortless look the not a lot of clutch not a lot of like break yeah. gap like Nothing everything violent back and forth yeah right just everything being smooth and everything just looking like like it like he's just on a sunday cruise like he's doing a sight lap like mm -hmm. it's honestly it's really cool i got to watch them uh i i rode with them for a little bit um back in like 2020 i think and and like honestly during their motos like it, it almost looks like they're riding on their sight lap like, that's like, that's what I strive to look like. But like, when you look at the timer, you're like, holy crap, how are they doing that? Right. So th like that, th that's what I look forward to. And that's what I strive to kind of be like there. Okay. Uh, we're going to wrap this up, but the last few things I want to talk about, I think really apply to you because I like the way that you're going about your career and the, the brand that you're building and the people you have around you and the opportunities that lie ahead for you. So, um, was there someone that you saw that like maybe it was on Instagram or like a brand or a person or whatever that you were like, hey, that's pretty good. Like if I start, I like the way they go about things. I'd like to show myself more that way. Was there someone that you're like, I want to, I like that. I'm going to be that way and, and look what it's going to get. Yeah. Uh, I think the first person that on Instagram that I was like, okay, like th this is cool. Like, like, you know, it was Axel Hodges, um, mm -hmm. which obviously he's not a racer or anything, but the the style and everything that he kind of throws in with like the creativeness of like the videos and the edits and all of that kind of stuff which that that's where the whole like insta banger thing came from with me mm -hmm. like that kind of a joke um that that i guess everybody puts on me is like the i only do insta bangers and just do stuff for videos yeah. but uh, like uh th that's kind of the first person that i looked at and then like everybody kind of started like doing kind of similar stuff to him and um just finding like all those like creative like the creativeness there and just doing something kind of different like just just looking different i guess you could say mm -hmm. and just being creative with all of it yeah i think i really like what you guys have going on because even a couple of years ago i remember twitch and beerman and a few other dudes talking like you know if we could make this more like snow or skate where Guys don't have to just do these crazy competitions and these big deals, but they can just be themselves and ride and show moto for what it is and do that. We'll get there. And I like that it's coming across in all ways and shapes and forms. It's not just freestyle dudes doing it. It's racers that are doing it. There's off-road guys that do it. Like it's a cool deal right now that you guys are able to just be so transparent and show how cool motorcycling is rather than being just like, yeah. here's my lap times. Here's my results. Here's this, here's that. Yeah. Which I mean, that that's what it's all, that's what it all comes totally. down to the 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 well the fun part but what you just said you know the lap times the results and everything that, that that's what really matters but mm -hmm. you know it is super cool to be able to show you know like w what we all kind of got into it for was the yeah. fun part like uh but i also i i, I like the try to be good at like ev everything you kind of do like mm -hmm. like be able to do the whips the wheelies the nose wheelies the the scrubs like the which obviously actually some of it, I feel like actually can make you go faster in a way like the mm -hmm. scrub, like being able to stay low and like knowing what your bike is going to do in the air and like all of that, like that's obviously something really good to have is like being able to stay really low on the jumps, but like all of that together is like really, really cool. And being able to show like all, all the stuff to even just the normal person, like, mm -hmm. 
you know, you, you walk up and you show somebody a video, you writing to a normal person, they're like, right. And like, just to be able to show, like, even just a normal person, like how cool motocross really is, but also show them too, you know, how, how serious it is. And, you know, the, the risk and every, everything that goes into it, being able to show them everything, you know, honestly, just through a phone is like really, it's super awesome. That's like Mm -hmm. probably the best, the, the best thing that could have probably happened for sure. Yeah. I like, I like what you said though, too. And I agree, like more bike control is never going to hurt you on the track. And if you could learn how to make a nose wheelie, like a half a second faster into a corner, like, of course, everybody would start doing it, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Which I don't think, I I mean, unless you're Billy Bolt, like, I don't think that that's really going to help. (laughs) Okay. So I liked it. I did want to ask about what you said though. Uh, The social following that you have, the platform, the way things go about that, do brands look at you in a different way? Because I think so many people think that you put more importance on how many likes you're going to get rather than the practice motives. But like you just said, you know, what really does drive your results home every day. And that's the work you put in, not what people see online. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I think there's obviously a happy medium and, you know, me, me and my parents honestly go back and forth about it. My mom, my mom's usually the one that's always like, man, no, like you need to post, like, you know, you're, you're doing these certain motos and like, Mm -hmm. like, like showing them that you're working. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but nobody wants to like, like, obviously like the maybe 30% of my following would like to see that, but like, I'm not going to get a million views on me just like, like working out or something like that. Like, like that, like where it, you know, if you're posting like a sick whip or like a, like a super fast turn or something like that, like everybody's going to go, Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Where like, obviously, like, honestly, most of the videos that are, that are taken and I've posted are like either during like a 30 minute moto or like the past, like probably three or four videos that I've done were all from a 30 minute moto or like five minutes after I'm done riding, I'll go out for like five minutes and I'll throw a couple whips on a jump. And like, that's mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. But like, that's all af- either after riding or even during motos. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that, um, I feel like I have somewhat of a happy medium. Like I feel like is my, my thing, which I know it's probably not right, but as long as you're winning at the races, like, it's like, it's like, have fun with the Instagram. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, you need to promote your sponsors and everything like that, but in a way you're promoting your sponsors in the same way, you know, you got the gear on, you got the goggles on, you got the helmet, you got the boots, you got the the bike, the tires, the, the pipes, like everything on there. And you're tagging everybody. You're every time you post something, there's thousands of people that are seeing this and they're like, oh man, those boots look really cool. Maybe I'll go get a set of those boots or like, mm-hmm. there, there's so much that goes on there. And especially too, you know, if you post say that one crazy whip that gets like 300,000 views or a million views, whatever, some, some crazy number, there are so many people that aren't even in the motocross that go, whoa, like that, th- that's crazy. And like, even like rock, say rockstar, they really, they really actually like my image, I guess you could say that I put off and, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully maybe get the, uh, keep the rock star thing going maybe here in the future. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. Cool. Um, with that then, you know, you've seen the ways that so many people are into motorcycling guys that are not just, you know, hardcore fans that are watching supercross all the time. We see a lot of new guys getting into this and especially people your age that are wearing like Fox stuff for fashion. Now they're seeing dirt bikes and music videos. What do you think yeah. about like bridging that gap more, especially as a young dude? I think, I think that's perfect. Like, I think that, I think that there's so much to motocross or really just honestly dirt bikes period that I think, I, I think it's the coolest thing that, that that's ever been built. I mean, you see like the, the, there was a huge rapper that posted a video or a music video with, uh, with like a dirt bike in it or him on a mm-hmm. dirt bike. There was like the juice world, the, the, all, all these people that were like riding dirt bikes and they're wearing Fox and they're where, and they're, they have like the Fox Supreme bikes, like mm-hmm. all this stuff. I think that just shows like how cool dirt bikes really are. And I think, I think that it needs to be put out there more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I see so much of this crossover and it's just like uh, waiting for the right person within our group to like latch onto it and show like this is what, what it could do for sure. Because yeah. even in like the clothing things, there's so many fashion brands that have like race gear looking stuff that I'm like, I saw that in a gear design, like two catalogs ago. I know what's out there. Yeah. yeah you know like like it would be cool to have like a like a like a louis vuitton like gear company or something yeah. funny like that like that that would be pretty funny mm-hmm. uh, honestly pretty cool but the 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Like, I think that, I think that definitely more people need to, um, you know, get out there, you know, mm -hmm. okay. I, think, I think that's awesome. All right. Last thing to see where the sport's at right now in the position you're in, there's so many things that are happening. Are you, uh, what are you most excited about of the future of the sport as it is? You know, there's, there's so many racing opportunities that you guys get to go for. There's a lot of young blood, like young talent coming in, a lot of young interest, people's fan base and reactions to it. And just the following is huge. What do you think um, is the most exciting thing as you get ready to really get into the meat of your career? I think, I think the most exciting thing is the, the, the supercross, the fans, the supercross, the racing, the, the whoops, the jumps, the style, then, and like even being able to travel and go to all these different places that they're talking about doing now, like the world supercrosses, like they're going to like Switzerland, Europe, like Canada, like all these different places, like that's super cool. And I think, I think that that's what I look forward to the most is the, the being able to, you know, have fun, go see all these like really cool places, but also doing what you're, what you love and like what your job is at the same time. And mm -hmm. like, obviously like hopefully making a lot of money at it too. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. maybe not a lot, but you know, make it, making money and, you know, having fun with what you're doing and, you know, enjoying your life. Like, like you don't really want to do something that you don't enjoy. I don't feel like, so, you know, keep, you know, keep it fun you know, I, I'm really super excited to race the Supercross. Um, I think I definitely excel in that part of the the racing and everything. I think Supercross has definitely been something that I've looked forward to for years. All right, cool. Well, dude, I'm excited to see these next few years play out. See you roll into, you know, Angel Stadium, wherever it is that you make your pro debut. I'm excited to see it. Thank you. Cool. Well, hey, dude, I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you at some amateur race this summer. And thanks for joining me on this podcast today. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thanks, bud.